1: Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, palm best. In the evening, it's not worth believing what you heard. Off the trans get out of Welcome to a very special episode of I Was There Too. So special, in fact, we're changing the name to I Wasn't There Too. You may be familiar with that as a popular segment on this program, beloved by the people. But today, it's the focus of an entire episode. My guest is Paul Shear, comedian, actor, writer, producer, and member of the Cutting Room Floor Club. Today's film, Meet Dave, starring Eddie Murphy. A science fiction tale where little aliens pilot a human-sized ship around Earth on a mission. Paul Scheer played a significant role as a member of that crew, but then was cut. Or was he? This is a mystery to be solved on today's episode. Paul's a great guest. He's easy on the ears. He tells us some great stories and does something that guests on this show do from time to time that I love. They subvert my assumptions about certain big stars when you think one thing about them, and find out another. For example, there have been two accounts of John Malkovich on this show, one very good and one very bad. We're still looking for a tiebreaker on that. Next episode's guest has some information on John Malkovich, but I'm afraid it leaves the story undecided. But about today's film, and more to the point, Eddie Murphy, we find out some things that are nice to hear. So sit back in your podcast chair, put on your over-the-ear, noise-canceling headphones that you bought in an airport kiosk vending machine and enjoy this first installment of an episode long, I Wasn't There Too. Thank you. The film, Meat Day, The Year, 2008, The Role, Lieutenant Bunnings, and then Lieutenant Kneecap, and then neither, unfortunately, the actor, Paul Shear. Paul Shear, this is a very special episode of I Was There Too, now normally... Uh, Well, it's in the title, I Was There Too. Yes. But I do this segment at the end of many episodes called I Wasn't There Too, and I talk about people that either got cut from or were originally cast as. You do
0: not appear in Meet Dave, but you shot scenes, right? Oh, my name is in the credits of Meet Dave. As a matter of fact, this week I got a residuals check for 37 cents (laughs) from Meet Dave. Where are we going after Uh, this? Well, you know, look, we go to Denny's right across the street. Uh, And I also – I believe my shoulder is in Meat Dave. I am technically on screen, just not my face. <laughs> like, if I, I was watching it with you, we could slow it down, and I, bet, I think that's me. And I'm pretty positive it is.
1: I'm here to tell you, you are officially in this film. Yes. If I'm correct, and I'm going to have this confirmed by you right now, yes. I watched the movie last night.
0: Oh, God bless and you. And I took a picture. Is that not you right there? Oh, that's this is exactly the scene oh, you're right. Look at that. Not even obscured like I thought I was. You're 100% right. So So that's why this is a very special episode.
1: You're not really in the film, but there's one little remnant of you left. But – you are now the new record holder for this podcast because up until now, D.C. Pearson, I think, had like 28 seconds of screen time that yes. we talked about. Mm-hmm. I timed that out. You have about three seconds of
0: screen time. All right. And that's going to be it. tough to beat. You I mean, that's pretty – I now. mean, it, it's right on the line of being in and being cut. It's right there. Yeah. yeah. There's no You can't get any cleaner than that. There is no story influence that your character has <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> well, you'll see. You'll see that uh, – that was pitched to me, and uh, I'll tell you the whole thing. Oh, I can't wait! Take us through it. Let's start at the beginning. Okay, so um, I got this movie right after, or right during the first season of MTV's uh, Human Giant. I say MTV. Sorry, <laughs> I got this. Uh, I got this part right when we were finishing up the first season of, of Human Giant, and I had not done much in. You know, I hadn't done that many films. I'd done anything, so I was going out all the time and auditioning. In this one movie. I was auditioning for it and it was a very small part. It was for Lieutenant Buttocks and I, I, I went in. And now- so you went in from the beginning for Lieutenant Buttocks. That oh, was always the mission. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, look, the role, the role called to me. Uh, you know, I, when I looked at – now, do I need to explain what this movie even is to the audience? Well, now, last I researched, you hadn't even watched this movie. Have you watched this movie? I have not watched it. We I have. Should okay. I explain? Well, yes, I read the script, so maybe we okay. can. Yeah, okay, yeah. But you should maybe. You should maybe. You can probably explain it way better than I can.
1: Well, also, we should say that this film is written by the tremendously funny Bill Corbett from yes. Mystery Science Theater and Rift Tracks, and he, I believe, has a complicated past with this film as well because it became sort of out of his hands at some point. Well, right? this is
0: becoming. This is like that weird downfall of Eddie Murphy. Like there were like four movies in a row that just. No one cared. Yeah. And, and, and it was Meet Dave, A Thousand Words, and Norbit. And I, Pluto Nash, I think, too. Well, Pluto Nash was years ago. Though. Really? This is, these were like, bum 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 bum. Like, they were just like, oh, man. these are three in a row, dominoes. One, two, three. I read that this was originally called Starship Dave, and part yes. of the reason the studio changed it is because they didn't want to
1: tie another Eddie Murphy science fiction film like Pluto oh, Nash wow. together. They thought, oh, that's a death knell.
0: See, I used to call it Starship Dave, and yeah, because the script was Starship Dave. I shot Starship Dave. You, I did, uh, I, I didn't. It was
1: Starship Dave at the time of your shooting? Oh, yes.
0: Oh, my God. You were in in the beginning. So I guess like the very brief way to, to kind of describe what this movie is, and you tell me where I'm wrong, but I think this is all the audience needs to know, <laughs> is Eddie Murphy is from an alien planet, and they send down a recon team to Earth to find uh, minerals or salt. They need an orb that will extract salt from the ocean. Yeah. Perfect. So the, <laughs> their, their ships in this movie – are human beings, like six-foot-tall human beings. They look like human beings. We should also mention that the aliens in this movie are like four inches or not even. Yeah, probably under an inch, yeah. Exactly. Humanoids. So they're under-an-inch humanoids that are traveling around in spaceships that are humanoids. So Eddie Murphy is piloting a ship that looks like Eddie Murphy, Yeah, which is also weird because that must be like – I don't know if they got into it in the movie. They didn't get into it in the script that – you would like – when you became a captain of your ship, they're like, and here's the model, you.
1: Yes. It's as if Kirk got the Enterprise and it would look like him. Exactly. Yeah. I
0: think that that actually I, is a pretty badass move for a there's, captain there's, of a there's ship. There's some great stuff in this film yeah. conceptually, yeah. So basically the whole movie is Eddie Murphy is essentially, for lack of a better term, a robot being controlled by other little robots. And there are great people in this movie. Kevin Hart is in this movie. Ed Helms is in this movie. Judah Friedlander is in this movie. Elizabeth Banks. It's a, a pretty – I mean those yeah. are the ones I remember. Yeah. Pretty powerful cast. I remember reading. All right. So I go in. I audition. I think nothing of it. You know, one, two, three. And uh, I remember I was at South by Southwest. I was with Aziz. We had just finished a show. I got a call from my agent, which which was rare. I was not used to getting calls from my agent. You know, that was. And uh, they were like, you got the part. One audition? One audition. So you, I mean, you spoke Lieutenant Buttocks to them. Oh, I got it. They're like, the role is Lieutenant Buttocks. You're in. Let's go. And I was so excited. This is great because to me, huge Eddie Murphy. Yeah, fan. Like, yeah. Like, he is to me one of my top guys. And I would love to see him do more stuff and different stuff. And uh, I love Eddie Murphy. So that was like, I was like, holy shit, I am making it. I'm doing a show on MTV. I'm going to be in a movie with Eddie Murphy. My life is changing. Look out, world. Here we come. So I have these dates. They're ready. They're, you know, months and months away from shooting. And it's – we're winding down season one and MTV comes to us and says, hey, um, we want you guys to take over the network for 24 hours. And I'm like, well, this is an amazing opportunity. Literally, we could be in control of the airwaves for 24 hours live in Times Square at the TRL studios. Another amazing opportunity. And I was like, oh, but it conflicted with my Meet Dave dates. <sighs> so it was in this real – Conundrum. I was like, I have this amazing opportunity to work with Eddie Murphy. And look, I know you're probably laughing and going like, Oh, Lieutenant buttocks in a movie called meet Dave. But at that point I didn't understand. I was like, this is an Eddie Murphy movie. I'm going to be in a movie with Eddie Murphy. This is huge. It was giant to me. And then it was like, Oh my God. And this amazing opportunity to do this live show. But we only had about two weeks, maybe even a little less than that to come up with the live 24 hour show. It was a really intense process. So I worked it out that I would leave on Tuesday night take the red eye oh wait actually leave Wednesday night take the red eye home Thursday morning I'd start shooting um 6am meet, 6 a.m. Dave meet or, Dave. okay I finish shooting at like 8pm get on the red eye back then arrive at MTV at 9 or 10 a.m. whenever we did our start and I'd be on air.
1: So you, you wouldn't sleep for, what, 36 hours? Yeah, it was like
0: a really crazy Holy thing. Shit. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to knock this all out. And I was really excited about it. And I was like, this is going to be great. And MTV was like, we're going to send a camera crew with you and we'll document how you got here. Because literally – uh, spoiler alert, but at the end when I did get there, I was, get I got there within minutes of the show, the live show starting. So it was very, like, it was exciting and stressful and everything. So uh, anyway, so that was a big deal. Like, alright, so I get on this plane, we're working hard on this special, 24 hours to fill, and I leave them behind. I'm like, alright, I'm off to go shoot Meet Dave. Get on the airplane, I'm reading the script on the airplane. I remember, like, sitting in, like, uh, Uh, First class and, you know, it's like one again, one of the first times sitting in first class and I have a script out looking like every kind of Hollywood douchebag probably of all time. And just reading Starship Dave and going, this is a genius movie. So smart. So funny. I'm just like, this is going to this is it. This is a huge movie. And I did. I I felt didn't feel like it was lame. Didn't feel like it wasn't going to work. Didn't feel just pride, immense pride. So, I want to
1: end the podcast here, so it just ends this
0: way. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I, I, I and I, and, and you know, again, I, just to to keep on reiterating. I was new in my career of doing things. It was the first time I got to shoot on the Fox Lot, so I'm going to the Fox Lot, you know, and I'm walking out, and there's trailers and and you know big studios, and it's like you're in Studio Seven. I'm like, ah, oh, you can see the Die Hard building from the Fox exactly lot. yes, yeah, the and, and this is you know, and the Fox Lot is kind of a cool lot because all the all the different buildings there have like um, murals of all their famous films. So you know, there's a Western, but there's like a great Empire Strikes yes, Back mural, right, yeah. which is so awesome. And you know, it just felt like I'm doing I'm living the dream. And they have a Simpsons diner there. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Moe's and it, it and and I was just walking across feeling so excited, parking in the big lot, walking to the thing, and you know, I, I get there and I'm also on a high because I'm in the middle of shooting this thing for MTV. I'm a like, 10 and then tomorrow I'm gonna be live for 24. This is crazy. I'm so excited. And um you know i get to I get to my trailer and Uh, Again, everything is new to me. So I'm in what, like a triple banger, which is, for those of you who don't know, a triple banger is kind of like we picture a trailer for like Will Smith. That's, you know, he's got all that space for himself. Then uh, when you're not Will Smith, uh, you get a trailer that's kind of split in two, which is kind of like half a Will Smith trailer. And then, and then you get, like, another trailer, which is – oh, actually, I was in then a triple banger, which is a trailer split in three. That's not even bad. Trailer split in three, still a lot of room. I wasn't a triple banger. I was in a honey wagon. Yeah. So the honey wagon is a triple split in about six. So everybody has the most narrow, probably, like, four-foot by six-foot cell. You know, and there's, like, a toilet underneath, like, a love seat. Like, that's, like, how you – like, very tight. I'm in there. I'm so excited. I'm going over my lines. I'm, you know, I'm getting into costume. They're, de- they're cutting my hair I'm more military. I'm a bald man. So there's not much you can do there, you know, in that department, but they were cutting it. I'm, okay, I'm doing this, getting, getting excited I'm telling people, you know, this is so exciting. How's Eddie Murphy? bye, bye. bye. I'm, I'm pumped. Get led onto set. Everything's new. I see this, this cool set. Like they have like four sets running in the stage already at once. And there's like, Um, You know, just uh, the first thing I see is Eddie Murphy face down in this pile of sand. And I'm like, wow, that's Eddie Murphy. The arrival? The arrival. arrival. And I'm like, wow. And, And I'm like, wow, that's Eddie Murphy. And they go. And then Eddie Murphy picks his head up out of the sand. And it's not Eddie Murphy. It's one of Eddie Murphy's doubles Uh who literally looks like Eddie Murphy from the ear to the nose. So if you just like touch from your ear to your nose, like that's what he looks like. So it's one of Eddie Murphy's multiple doubles who I will meet four of in that one day. And so I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. That's not Eddie Murphy. And I get led over to my side of the set. And, um, And, you know, and my side of the set is essentially a big wraparound green screen. And a um kind of like a I I, I like it looked like a, a painter's kind of thing. It's like a, a piece of plywood and some steel and that was it. That's all it was. It's like I was like on a platform in this thing, so I climb up the side, I'm up there, and the director comes over. And the director is Brian Robbins, who was from head of the class if you remember him. He was like the cool guy. He was like the Oh I didn't
1: realize that. I knew oh, he was a actor like a young man actor I didn't realize yeah,
0: he was like the oh he was God. like the John Travolta in Cotter uh, of right. head of the class,
1: yeah, and he was on like
0: Facts of Life and all of these shows. Yes, and he uh, has gone on to great success in the Nickelodeon world. I think he directed Varsity Blues too. Like he's like one of these, oh my God, big dudes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm also excited to meet him. I'm a head of the class fan. I'm you know I'm a Hess head, a Herman uh, <laughs> Howard Hessman fan. <laughs> Who isn't? Uh, and uh, so he comes over to me, and I'm, again. Nervous. I, you know, even though I just shot a full season of my own show that, you know, I I felt very comfortable and this is new, all new to me. And I, and I feel like this is a big budget movie and the first time I kind of ever really had done anything like this. And, uh, and I, and I'm on this, this platform and I'm like, Okay, so is there anything that I need to know? Because there's literally nothing there. It's a platform on green. There's no propage. There's no is that a word? I don't know. There's no there's nothing. I'm this in is a
1: pure Star Wars prequels territory. Here, exactly. It's just void.
0: I'm in a gray costume with a um a smock on and the smock in the center uh has a little butt. Uh that's it. A little butt on the thing. So I'm um, and I'm up there and I go, uh, what do I what am I looking at? And the director looks at me and goes, I don't know, man. It's a ship.
1: We should also say that the reason your name is Lieutenant Buttocks is because all of these miniature aliens yes. operate one specific part of this giant ship. So, like exactly. Brian Husky is Lieutenant Right Arm. Yes, and everybody has their mission. So you literally operate the butt exactly. of Eddie Murphy.
0: And so, and so I'm like, well, he goes. It's and this will come into play in, in just a second because uh, he goes, "It's a ship," and I go, "Oh, oh, okay, but yeah." Does yeah. he have that kind of attitude? Like, oh yeah, it was. It was not. A friend it was like, what are you asking me? It's a ship. I remember being like, oh, I'm an idiot. Like oh, but like this but breaks I, my heart. you know, and I, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do, you know. So uh um the and it's and it's a complicated camera move because the camera's like behind me and it's like dollying up and I'm turning around, it's elevated. I was ner- I was nervous, you know, a little bit nervous. So I'm I'm doing this thing. I have the, they give me like an iPad um and uh before iPads and uh and I basically I have to turn into camera and go, sir. We had a gas leak. It was silent but not deadly. Great line for yeah, Lieutenant it's, Buttock. It's classic in the film. joke, yeah, classic joke. And so, um, I, I turn around. I do my line, sir. We had a gas leak. It was silent, but not deadly. And cut. Man, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, oh what? He goes, you got to like play with the controls. I go, "Oh," uh, he goes, "Why? Well, this, go, this infuriates me. This why is he such a jerk? He hasn't told you this?" No, not told me this at all. And I go, "Oh." Uh, he goes, "Yeah, yeah. You got like a control over here. You control over here. You got to look in the screen." I'm literally again, I just want to say it again. I am on a platform, a race <laughs> platform with nothing. So he's like, "Yeah, look at the screen. You touch the control and you do the thing." I'm like, "Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure." You yeah, know, now I'm a little a little nervous. A little bit more nervous. Again. Action. Sir, we had a gas that goes silent, not deadly. And I hear him yell. More military, just yelling it. I'm like, sir, we had a gas leak. It was silent, but not deadly. <sighs> Angrier. Sir, we had a gas leak. Now I, I, I'm like, I'm doing a scene with no one. It's it's a line. He's like, um, just like more matter-of-fact, sir, we had a gas leak. Silent. Not, you know, I'm like, I'm doing this line, and it's you know, it's it's the line is the line. Can and I just pause to say yeah. that the guy who ends up doing this does none of those readings? <laughs> there you go. So right, well, you this did. is this will blow your mind where it goes. Okay. So I'm like, and I'm like, I'm freaking out. And and he goes, uh, and again, how can you mess up that line? I could say that anyone you put him in that it's yeah. it's it's, a, it's not acting. Right. You're just saying a statement, yes. and you're just saying. And I see him walk off set, like walk just by, and I go. And I know enough to be like, something is wrong. So now I'm standing on this platform alone. I can't get down because I need to be like craned up there. <laughs> oh, um, God. I don't know what's going on. I see the director walk off. I see the AD walk off and no one's telling me anything. At which point every pore in my body starts to sweat. Like, poof, poof, poof. And then a couple minutes pass. Minutes. And uh the ad comes over, lovely guy. Whoever that ad is, awesome dude. And he says to me, "Hey, we're having some camera problems. Um, oh, no, can we camera go back? Problems. Can we go back to? We'll send you back to your trailer." And I said, "Okay," knowing there's no camera problems. Yeah, what goes on? So I go back to my trailer. I call my my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and I, I call her I go, June. I don't know what's going on. I I feel like I went in there, and I you know I don't know what I don't know what's happening. And she's like, "Do it for me." I'm like, "Okay, sir. We had a gas like, It was silent, not deadly." She's like, you're fine. That's fine. You're doing it fine. I'm like, and I did it like this. And he's like, she's like, you're fine. You're fine. I'm like, I'm just nervous. I don't know what's going on. She's like, they probably did have camera problems. Don't worry about it. So I'm sitting in my trailer. I'm waiting. I'm like, freaked, freaked out now. Then all of a sudden, knock on the door. Like,
1: we're going to leave this as a cliffhanger.
0: Okay. We have to take a break.
1: <laughs> this is so good. Okay. <laughs> we will be right back. Okay, we're back. Uh, Did you make it through those ads? You had to have fast-forwarded because I'm dying to know myself. (laughs) So I pity
0: whoever advertised on this episode. Knock on the door. I open the door. It's a guy I've never seen before. Older man, lovely man, nice guy. Opens the door and he goes, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Oh, no. And I go, sure, come on in. Now, I told you that these trailers are tiny. (laughs) So... uh, when he enters Who and he was a big toilet, he's a big man. So he literally pushes me back into the bathroom area. So now I'm essentially over a toilet and you're still in costume, right? still in costume. <laughs> and he goes, this is the worst part of the job. And I'm like, Oh God. He goes, we're going to recast you. And I go, Oh, okay. Okay. And he goes, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we just, um, we want to go a different way with the part. And I go, oh, I, I'm mortified, mortified and immediately angry because I'm like, motherfucker, like I came here specifically, I could have been in New York doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing, which is my show and the 24 hours. And and I'm I'm like upset and mad. I'm just trying to keep it all together. I'm like, OK, OK, yeah. And he's like, you know, but look, we would um, we'd like to offer that you stay and be an extra today. And, you know, that way you get residuals. And I'm like, uh, thank you so much. I, I don't think I'm going to be doing that. I don't want to go from a, a, a part where I was in like three or four scenes to an extra. And I didn't say that, but I was like, no, I'm fine. He's like, hey, well, if you leave now, you're not going to get residuals. And I was like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, and he's like, okay. And then he goes to leave, and he goes up. Uh, you know, um, actually, before I go, um, can you get your your smock. And I go what. He goes, yeah, let me get your smock. So I go, uh, okay. And I give him my smock. Like I literally un like sheath myself. I'm like, here it is. I give him my smock and he leaves. Second later, costume person. She walks in. She's like, hey, do you have your smock? And I go, no, the, that guy just took it. She's like, oh, okay. Um, we need to give it to the um, video playback guy. I'm like, what? And they go, Oh, we recast you with the video playback guy. I saw that online. Oh my <laughs> so God. the video playback guy, just so you guys understand, is a guy who is on set so you can watch dailies immediately. It's uh-huh. like, hey, what did we just shoot? Let's go over to the video playback guy. He'll play it back. Like he's So the video playback guy now is doing my part. And nothing against this guy. But let's nothing.
1: just quickly. By look. the way, probably a great video playback guy. Probably one of the best. But as an actor, he's done meet dave yes norbit mhm
0: and smoke and aces well let me tell you the the two reasons why he can at least he's been the other one so uh, that will come up in a second i, I had too. a
1: feeling this is heading somewhere yeah okay. so
0: i i am um, i you know i'm like oh the video playback guy and now i don't know what to think cuz i'm like do you think so and no offense to the video playback guy but your video playback guy i'm like do you think so less of me that the video playback guy is going to turn into better. I don't know what to think. And I'm just mortified. So I take my backpack, throw it on my shoulder. I'm like trying to get a earlier flight home. Cause I'm like, well, fuck it. I don't need to be up for 36 hours. I'll go home to New York now and I'll, I'll do it. And I feel like, you know, Bruce Banner leaving at the end of the Hulk, like and you're just back. You know, and I'm walking across the lot when I hear, Hey, Hey, I turn around another guy. goes, where are you going, man? I go, uh, I just got fired. I'm, I'm going home. He's like, fired? He didn't get fired, bro. Come here. Come here. I'm like, uh, okay. As so I turn around, <laughs> I get led back to this honey wagon. He's like, total misunderstanding. Uh, let's get you in here. And so he comes in my trailer. And then he brings in the writer, not Bill Corbett, into my trailer. So now there's three of us in this four-by-six-foot spot. I'm now literally hovering above a toilet. There and there goes, oh, man. Let me tell you what happened. Uh, You're Lieutenant Buttocks, right? We need a big fucking ass for that. We need a big ass. You don't have a big ass, you know? And like, that's the whole joke. You gotta have a big ass, and then that's the guy in the ass, you know? So we gotta feed you some more donuts, or we gotta rewrite the part. So I said, let's rewrite the part. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, all right, we're gonna write you, um, we're gonna write you a new part. We're gonna write you a new part right now. How How about this? You're gonna be Lieutenant Kneecap. Lieutenant kneecap. and then there's the writer, and he's like, and the writer's like, furiously typing. He's like, All right, Lieutenant kneecap. and uh, Lieutenant kneecap at the end of the movie, you're gonna have a big hot dog on your lap, and you're gonna be like, sure beats protein squares. You like that? You like saying that? And I'm like, sure, sure. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. So you say, sure beats, say it for me. I'm like, sure beats protein squares. I'm like, perfect, yeah. More okay. military. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, yeah, great, 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 great. Okay, that's perfect. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's um. Yeah, let's do that. All right, you're lieutenant kneecap. We're on this. Dude, you're great. We love you. You're great. And I'm like, all right, now I don't know what the hell is happening. I'm freaked out. I'm like, okay. I call my, June again, and I'm like – now I'm Lieutenant Mika. She's like, "That's great." I'm like, "Okay," but I did get fired from this other part. And she's like, "No." So I look. I am like now on the phone with June. And as I'm on the phone with June, out of the corner of my eye, I see the video playback guy in my position, in my smock, doing my lines. And I'm like, "What is going oh on?" God. And uh, and and I and I then I bump into somebody from the movie, and I just and I I'm lamenting to them I'm like, I, "I feel weird. It's got fired." And she's like, "Oh no, no." That's Brian's good luck charm. He puts him in every one of his movies, the video playback guy. And he realized this morning that he didn't put the video playback guy in the movie and they're going to wrap the movie in like three days. So he needs to put the video playback guy in the movie.
1: But if that's true, why does the director have to be so passive aggressively angry and and sort of make it like it's your fault that –
0: is he unstable or something? Well, you know, like later on I start to understand him a little bit more. But again, I don't know. (laughs) So I don't know, and I, and I don't think that he saw me and was like, oh, shit, there's no video playback guy in there. And as you'll see, I get another reason coming up, too, of why it was not why I was cut. So I'm like, okay, so the date goes on. I'm friends with Brian Husky. Brian's in the movie. Ed Helms is in the movie. I'm also feeling embarrassed because I'm like, sure. oh, you're Lieutenant Buttocks. I'm like, well, no. I got recast already. you like, oh, what? Yeah. So I'm feeling guilty and embarrassed and like I'm not a good actor. And, again, I only had one line to kind of show my, my chops And uh, with no one. All my scenes were with no one. So we we're gonna shoot now the the final the final scene this big scene where um, the shoe now tell me if I'm right or wrong like Eddie Murphy the ship shoe shoots off and becomes a spaceship. So the shoe is a spaceship. And yeah. All it's like the-
1: their emergency jettison shuttle. Yes. The body's kind of ruined. So they fly off in this ship.
0: So that's, the that, that's the big final scene. And, uh, you know, and I also remember too, just a side note, the decadence of this movie, it was awesome. Like I went to lunch and there was a guy making sushi and I was like, and I'm again, I'm like online and I'm like, Shit, this is Eddie Murphy. He's like online. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna sit at Eddie Murphy's table, maybe you. Know? And then I realized, no, that's not Eddie Murphy. That's another guy who looks just like Eddie Murphy, <laughs> and and has another one of his doubles. That it was on set. I'm like, ah, Eddie, Eddie Murphy doubled again. And you know, so uh, you know, I, and now uh, now I'm getting more comfortable. I'm hanging out with Husky. I'm hanging out with like uh, other people, like Kevin Hart's in the movie, and he and we're friendly, and it, it was. Fun. And we're in this ship and at the end, they bring over this giant life-size hot dog and they put it in my lap and they're like, okay, so eat all this beef jerky. And in the middle of the scene, you're going to take the hot dog off your lap because they find out that hot dogs actually have – or at least the version that – you'll, you'll see that there's a little bit of a twist here. That um, the, they found out that hot dogs had enough salt to fuel their planet. Oh. So I take the hot dog off my lap. A New York City hot dog, by the way. And I say, sure beats protein squares because I'm eating this giant hot dog. And I'm a little person eating a normal size hot dog. But to me, that's a giant size hot dog. It's like a seven-foot-tall hot dog.
1: And they just had that ready to go?
0: They did. They did indeed. There was a giant hot dog in my lap and it was like a plastic hot dog, you know? And I mean, so – I'm know, not
1: one for like truth or conspiracies and stuff. <laughs> but I know there's, there's – something needs – the rug needs to be pulled. I,
0: I, I have. So I'm wearing my lieutenant kneecap jersey. I'm sitting in my chair. I'm waiting. And now the one thing I didn't know about an Eddie Murphy movie – I already saw two of his doubles – was that there is another double um, who does his lines. Like – oh. While, you, while you're coverage. doing all, coverage and yeah. stuff like that so we're in the ship we're getting ready to go there's a new Eddie Murphy guy in there he's doing a scene with Gabrielle Union um, and and they're shooting from behind like over them onto us and uh, no Eddie Murphy sighting yet and we shoot the scene we light it we do the whole thing and then there's this energy like okay Eddie's coming Eddie's coming Eddie's coming we gotta Eddie's coming Every, everyone be we're ready we're ready to go we're ready to go we're ready to go and it, all this tension and nervousness and then just like like the seas parted in this like light came in, Eddie Murphy just kind of ducks under the set and appears, like appears as this like, ah, oh, Eddie Murphy, and there he is, looking great, doing his thing, pops into a scene, does like one take, nails the line, and then he goes in for a kiss. It's this like, kind of cool moment at the end. And the way that he's been treated is that uh, he is this um, like uh, like you can't upset Eddie, so he shoots a scene. Cut. We got it. And he's like, Hey, what's up? Sits down on set and starts talking to everybody. He's like, Oh, Kevin. Uh, he goes, You do stand up, right? And Kevin's like, Yeah, I do stand up. He's like, uh, And then, he, but he knew Judah more. He's like, Judah, you do governors. Ever do governors? I used to do governors all the time. And he's like, Oh, to me. He's like, Do you do you do best week ever, right? And I was like, Yeah. And so now all of a sudden, Eddie Murphy's holding court in the tiny spaceship. So relaxed, so chill, doing impressions of like old club owners, talking about how he wants to do stand-up. It's like for the end of this shitty day, like this magical – like everything that you would want from Eddie Murphy just being like the coolest. Until you find out he was a double. And (laughs) it was not Eddie Murphy. (laughs) Yet another double. And so he's just being great. But now Eddie's talking to me about Best Week Ever. He's like, you're really funny on that show. And he goes, can you do a sketch show? And I go, yeah. And I tell him about 24 Marathon. And – Meanwhile, Brian Robbins is like off to the side and he's kind of seeing this. And Brian Robbins has been nothing but cold to me, you know? Um, and so we, we, uh, we get ready to do our scene. You know, I'm going to say Sherbies Protein Squares. I, you know, I do my line. He's like, perfect. You nailed it. Like, I'm like, okay. And then there's another guy who's in front of me who has a, par- a line. He's like, more military. No. More gay. More angry. Like, so I like, oh, this is his directing style to just bark out adjectives. The one that was most offensive was more
1: gay. I, 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 is it the uh, security guy? Yes. Who ends up playing the worst gay
0: stereotype. Oh, it's and I get the feeling it's
1: not even necessarily his fault. Like, he no, really it, was thrust on
0: him. Well, I saw him do that line or whatever his, because everyone's kind of like hitting lines at the end. And, uh, and he's like, you know, and, and he's like, you know, so that I saw that going on. So he's like, perfect. Scene ends. Eddie leaves, and Brian Robbins comes up to me. He's like, "Hey man, Psh, I'm so sorry I, I, about the before. You know, I um, I thought you were a fat guy from your headshot. I didn't watch the auditions. I just thought you were like, look at the headshot. I thought you were a fat guy. So I don't want to put a fat guy in there. And I'm like, oh, oh. He's like, yeah, yeah. And you're not fat. So we need to rewrite it and give you something else. And I was like, oh, okay. So now that's the third reason I've been told that yeah. I've been. Recast. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, man, but you're great. We fucking love it. This is great. You're awesome. Thank you for for doing this. And I kind of leave happy. Like, I'm just like, yeah. Like, okay. Like, you know what? It sucked. I got another part. It's going to be the – oh, it was like the last line of the movie right before the kiss too. It was like this penultimate moment of everyone's blah, 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 blah. And it's like, sure, protein squares. And Amber's like, ah, yes. And then kisses Gabrielle Union. They fly off into outer space. End of movie. I'm like, that's a memorable moment. Whatever. It's fine. Whatever. And uh, so I leave. I leave happy. And then uh, a week passes. We do the 24-hour marathon. The whole thing happens. It's all great. Uh I'm in L.A. I'm watching Prairie Home Companion, the movie, uh-huh. uh, Robert Altman movie. I'm in the theater, and I get a, a text from Brian Husky. Where are you, man? I'm like, what? What do you mean, where am I? He goes, aren't you on set? And I go, no. He's like, oh, where are you shooting the ending of the movie? Jesus. <laughs> and I go, wait, what? He goes, yeah, where we're you shooting that final scene. And I go, oh, I didn't know about that. This explains something to me that I saw in the movie. Okay. I'll tell you after. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, so now the scene that I shot that I feel triumphant about is now being re-shot right now. No one called me. No one told me anything about it. I'm in LA, so I'm not inaccessible. I was avail. I was tech avail. Uh, And I got no thing and I just kind of called my agent and I'm like, hey, you know, it's weird. I don't know if I needed to be shooting the movie. And they go, hey, we talked to one of the producers and the producer was like, you know what? We just thought at the end of the day he looked too much like Husky and it would be confusing to the audience. So, you know, Brian needed to recast him. And I was like, OK, so that's like now the fourth reason that I was like cut from this movie. And so I went home that night being like, okay, well, at least I had these, like, minutes with Eddie Murphy that were awesome and great. And by the way, I had done – before all of this, I had done fittings. I had visited the set. Like, I had done three days of, like, prep work for Lieutenant Bugs. So all that for nothing. <laughs> I'd say that sentence again. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 uh, and my name is in the credits. Yeah. I was invited to the cast and crew screening. I had enough wherewithal to not attend that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I did not. And I'm happy to say that I never saw the movie until it was on DVD. And I did fast forward to the scene. And I thought I saw a shoulder. You found me and uh, but yes that is my experience with Meet Dave from top to bottom.
1: This is such an epic story and this also explains why you're in that scene that I was able to take a picture of but then that scene continues on as a sort of dance break credit roll thing. Oh wow. And I couldn't find you in there at at all. And that was clearly what they went back to do. Like, let's go back and do one of those fun, the cast all dances things that everybody so loved.
0: crazy. I am now fascinated by this director that yes. he would treat someone like that. It was really bizarre on every level. I don't think that he was being overtly critical or nasty to me. I think he's very subservient to Eddie. Like, whatever Eddie did, like, Eddie did one take and I have to say, it was a pretty great take. And, uh, you know, I mean, for whatever, like he – like it wasn't like, what am I doing? Like I've never seen anyone – and it's impressive when you watch somebody like this. Like he came in not knowing anything about what had already been set up. Came in, hit his mark, did his line, knew – you know, he knew his marks, did a thing, did a kiss. It was so smooth as if he – it was almost like take 10 – but everything was ready for him. So it was like, oh, yeah, we got it. Maybe he had Gabriella Union in his trailer in this rehearsal. Maybe you get that worried. rehearsal in yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and oh, and by the way, the other thing I forgot, like some fun details about this set was that Eddie Murphy's base camp. I visited set twice, you know, once when I was shooting and once when I was getting costume fitted, was one of the most insane base camps I've ever seen. Because there's a base camp, which is where all the actors in the trailers are. That's, you know, and that's kind of where we all congregate. Then Eddie Murphy has his own base camp. And Eddie Murphy's base camp is – like I described like those Will Smith trailers. Picture four of them connected as a giant square. So four of them, boom, 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 boom. Like a wagon circle kind of thing? Exactly. (laughs) With um, um, AstroTurf in the center and um, and like a picnic table and it's a full-on – Compound with two Mercedes parked on either side. So when Eddie does leave the compound, we all get to set in um, like a a golf cart. You know, Uh you ride the set or you or you walk the set. Eddie Murphy is gets in a Mercedes. Mercedes pulls into the soundstage. The door opens. He gets out of the Mercedes, and then he walks into set, and then the the Mercedes waits there. My friend Victor Varnado was in uh, The Adventures of Pluto Nash, and he describes it even better, which he says the Mercedes pulled into frame. Eddie Murphy got out of the car, and the Mercedes just backed out of frame, and then he did a scene. The scene was cut. Mercedes pulled back in. He got in and The car drove her away. Um, so, uh, so that was interesting. That was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. Um, and he just did one take most of the time when you – When I was there, it was the final scene. He said his line. And the only coverage that we got of Eddie was the front coverage. So um, the camera facing him, like yeah. it, the camera kind of pushes into him. So we all did our lines as he listened and did everything. But it was just woof, one line, kiss end of movie. This goes to something that I
1: want to start keeping a record of is which big stars do their own coverage so when they're not on camera, when they're talking to the other actor. Yeah. Jack Nicholson, according to Josh Molina and A Few yeah. Good Men does his own coverage. Eddie
0: Murphy doesn't. Well, I did a movie with Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell does his own coverage. Like, it depends. I think it all depends on... I don't know. I, I think also... like This is the sense I got about Eddie Murphy too is like... And it, it, it's the same I've seen on a few other movies, I think. Is like people create a mythology around somebody and then you can't tell if it's them or if it's the legend of them. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Or like, both. Yeah. It feeds the other. Because like I got the sense from Eddie Murphy that he was more than happy to be on set and he was enjoyable and and wanted to be on set and was engaging. Like he had no reason to stay on set mm-hmm. but to have a conversation. And he held court and he was sociable, funny and great. And there was no re- – it was – instead of sitting in his chair – He was like, I'm sitting here on set with everybody. So you think like, oh, I was on another movie with an actor I won't mention. But they're uh, they're like, you can't look him in the eye. Don't interact with him. Literally that you can't look him in the eye. Literally. And they built built a tunnel for this actor to travel from his trailer to the set. And when that actor arrived on set, it was like – I think that he was like, oh, I guess that's – I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm not – I have, I'm have. not here to – like it didn't, he didn't have any of those airs about him. So you don't know. Like yeah. you think like enough assistants and enough people start to do something and they do it all out of fear. You know, I think Eddie Murphy definitely doesn't come to set until he's needed and I don't think that he does off-camera stuff. But I also feel like he's so good at what he's doing that he's not like, uh, what am I doing? What's the line? Like he's incredibly prepared and he's ready to go. Now, I only worked with him for one day. So I don't know if that's – I can't say it's a, a full statement. But he – on that day, he came when he was ready to come, did and you ever, we waited in silence until he did come.
1: Did you ever talk to either Brian Husky or Ed Helms about their total experience? Because I have to say, and I'm totally yeah. projecting this, there's something about Ed Helms' performance where it looks like he's
0: uncomfortable or not having a good time. Well, <laughs> so you name, know, he's so good, you know, and, and 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 you're right. It's like I think that was also Ed's. Like I was a big movie for Ed. I was he was yeah. on The Office or on The Daily Show, and it was like he's going to be the the essentially the bad guy in an Eddie Murphy movie, you know, and then. You know, Husky, I think, had a part similar to me, which was like a body part part, and you're in there, and you're just interacting and doing stuff. So I think all of us were excited. I, You know, I never really have sat – sorry, I've never really sat down and talked to either one of them about that experience. Maybe now the time has healed healed all wounds. Yeah. But um, I definitely think it was an odd movie. I think that that director – like you didn't get the sense – and this is like a movie that was very big for me in the sense that – I was like, oh, I don't never want to do this again. I don't want to work on movies where I don't know the people involved or respect the people involved because it's a different experience. Like working on that movie and working with that director, there was no fun to his directing. It's like, oh, this should be – this should be a fun movie. It's an yeah. Eddie Murphy movie about – little like. and I think – and you've seen the movie. If that probably comes out, there's no fun in it. Like I don't think of that director as a comedy director. I think of him as like – a utility director yeah, like, a we're jobber. getting yeah. you know and and no i mean um, that's a horrible thing to say i apologize to you, brian robbins i i but there wasn't like let's try this let's try that it was just sort of like yeah i'm here let's go okay we're we're doing this yeah,
1: especially when you're making a comedy it's
0: yeah it seemed devoid of fun and that when that that really struck out to me i was like oh and and i think i from that point on You know, not that I I can pick and choose what I want, but I definitely sometimes really equate that and go like, oh, that doesn't seem like that will be a fun experience. I don't want to do that, you know. And so that's that's kind of the way I go about stuff now. Wow, that is such a great story. So
1: since we're treating this as an "I wasn't there" episode, were there any other roles in
0: films that we might know that you were close
1: to getting or that you were up for that you can think of?
0: Um, yes, my first ever audition. Every time I get a part that I think is going to be like a big part. It conflicts with something major in my personal life. Um, And this was um, my, my girlfriend at the time was on mad TV and she was having a rough go of being on mad TV. And she was like, you know, I really would love it if you came out and like, you know, we're there for the taping. It would be great. It means a lot to me. I'm having a hard time here. And I'm like, hundred percent. I am so down. And I want to come out there? And at that point, it was very expensive to buy a ticket for me to go out there. It was not like it was a thing for me to travel out to LA. It was, I was like, oh shit, okay, this is a lot of money, and uh, not to say that I can fly around, but it was yeah. it was a real consideration. So a couple of days before that trip happens, I'm auditioning for um, Vanilla Sky, uh, Cameron Crowe movie Vanilla Sky, um, and so I go in and I audition for the scene in a boardroom. And I'm holding up this sign and Tom Cruise is going to walk by and I'm doing it to Tom Cruise. I'm like, what do you think, this one or that one? And he's like, I like that one. I'm like, okay, great. And and that and this, you know, I'm just doing this like funny little scene about like this or that, that or this, this or that, you know, it's like a little dumb little scene. I'm like, this is so cool. And then, you know, I auditioned for it, didn't think anything of it. Two days later, I get a phone call. They want you to call back with Cameron Crowe for this part. I'm like, oh, my God. Now that's the day that I'm leaving to get on a flight to go see my girlfriend do Mad TV. So if I do this, I can't make the taping. But I'm like, well, that's Cameron Crowe. And I love Cameron Crowe. I'm like, Cameron Crowe is amazing. He's a genius. I got to do this. So I call my girlfriend. I'm like, I can't come. I got this callback for Cameron Crowe. Uh, and I do believe that that was the beginning of the end of our relationship. Really? Oh, 100%. Oh. Like that. that me not being there. Started the ball rolling, and then our relationship ended shortly after that, very shortly after that. But that was like, you weren't there to support me? Fuck you. <laughs> so I go in to but camera. What,
1: but wait a minute. I mean, I this is a tough issue because – She's needing support in her career. Yes. It's a career-based support that she needs. Yes. And yours is equally career-based. It so is, that is, it a is. Tough one. It
0: doesn't make you know, and it's and, and look, and if I had to do it all over again, I probably would do the same exact thing because you know there's a no-win situation, yeah, but I yeah. think it was sort of like you're not there for me. And that is uh, the romantic Kobayashi Maru. I right mean, there. that was That's it. Just... What could you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and so I go in to audition for Cameron Crow. And there he is. That's me and him and the casting director. I'm so excited! Like this is so cool to be with Cameron Crowe, and I, and I'm doing it, and he's directing me, and I'm like, oh. and it's again, if I'm, I'm, I'm saying, if it's a, uh, if it's a half a page, like I, I, like it's not even a half a page scene, it's a small, small scene. I'm in there with him, easily thirty minutes. Well, I'll try it like this, try it like this. I'm doing it, I'm doing it. I'm like how many people are they seeing for this yeah. thing? I mean, it's come on. Like I got this. I got this. I did not get that part. And if you watch vanilla sky or the girl, yeah, or the girl, I lost the girl. I lost the part. If you watch vanilla sky, there's a scene in the very beginning. Uh, Tom Cruise is walking through the office and there's uh, the guy who got the part, uh, a, a wider assist another, video assistant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Video assistant, <laughs> same guy, um, uh, an Asian guy, uh, and who is standing behind a glass wall who literally picks up two covers of a magazine and goes, uh, uh. And I'm, and for those of you who are just listening, it's just like, as he goes, uh, he lifts up one and he goes, uh, he lifts up another. And I'm like, uh, uh. And Tom Cruise is like, uh. And that's the scene. So that is the scene that I avoided going to uh, continue my relationship for, the scene that I auditioned for twice ended a 45-minute director session with. uh. uh and he's like, uh, uh, "That is the scene." And I look at it, and I'm like, "And then I also think, why didn't I get that? Like, what, like why didn't I get? Why that? did they see
1: more than one person?
0: At exactly. All. Like, and why would you spend 45 minutes with me going, uh, uh, like, you know, <laughs> like what?" happened there
1: well ultimately that led you out of that
0: relationship it did into a relationship with june amazing woman the and i would course yeah. that you're on which brought you here today and that's a, a pleasure that's to be big- here i'm a fan <laughs> of this show i i i love them all and i recommend it to everybody but i was happy to be able to those are yeah those are some of them and you know a lot of the times too everything that i've ever felt that i really wanted and i didn't get I'm kinda happy that I didn't. There's not been many times where I'm like, oh, I should have gotten that. There's no white whale out there, no? no I don't think so. That's I think nice. there may have been like one drama that was good that I would have been like, yeah, but I always feel like, no, I I've been very happy with what I thought was great. And I think and that's the other thing too. I think I have very good taste. Or I feel like I do. But sometimes when people offer me something, I look at it I'm like, this is yes this is great how did they find this amazing thing that i'm in you know i'm like i'm so i'm into it i'm like i'm like and like i said i read meet dave uh starship dave at the time and i was like this is this gonna be huge i remember like saying like this could probably be one of the biggest Eddie Murphy movies because it's just so cool. It well, cool. pretty
1: good starting out. I yeah. Mean, Bill is no slouch. I'm yeah. sure he crafted something really good. Yeah. And I
0: think the idea of it was fun. So um, my question to you now is how did they save their planet if not for hot dogs? They – I might have tuned out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I do heavy research for this show. I have to admit this is the first one where I was like – I can go a little easy on this one because I I yeah. knew like there are certain thing, yeah. guests that I know that are just going to come in and be so easy to talk to and these are the best sort of days for me I have to tell so
0: I feel bad for making you watch it uh, uh, like I said I fast forwarded to the end I remember getting the Netflix DVD in the mail I also believe I'm in an outtake or something like in the on the DVD oh. I think but uh, or. You see me in the background. Eh, Whatever. Oh, what a day. What a day. That day is living in for me.
1: So tell us what you've got going on right now. The Hot Wives are out. Yes,
0: the Hot Wives of uh, Orlando, formerly Orlando. Now they're Las Vegas, second season on Hulu. And the one thing that I'm really excited about uh, is my friend Rob Hubel and I, we – Uh, do the show crash test at UCB. We've been doing it for 10 years and we decided to take that show and put it on a moving bus. And we did a (laughs) live comedy special, a one take only comedy special completely improvised on a moving bus with like Aziz Ansari, Rob Corddry, Aubrey, Aubrey, Plaza, Earl Sweatshirt, Tom Lennon and Ben Grant reprising their Reno characters, which is awesome. Jack McBrayer, so many people, but it was really fun because it's like a UCB show. And if you don't know UCB, it's upright citizen brigade, but it's this kind of bit heavy character show where we just got a bus for one night and taped it and then we just edited it down to the best stuff and you can get it on Vimeo right now That's for only fantastic. 3.99 not that much That's cheap a steal steal.
1: That's basically the price to rent meet Dave, so. Exactly. I make, <laughs> make,
0: make the wiser choice.
1: Make, own it. Own it, and you can own it forever. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, they can find you on Instagram and Twitter and all yes, those places. Yes, I'm
0: always Paul Shear, and if you want to follow me on Snapchat, it's the Paul Shear. but why would you want to do that? I'm not even really on Snapchat.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad we got to do this because back when we were putting together Wolf yes. Pop, this came up as, as an option, and so it took us a while to it finally did. get it. did. I'm, I'm so excited that we did. It full circle for me. Um,
0: it's so fulfilling to do this, so thank you for having me me and uh, I love the show. Thanks Paul.
1: My thank you to Paul Shear, who is an American treasure. There's no other way to say it. Thank you for joining me for this very special episode. Last episode I had to clear up a mistake I made where I called Rosanna Arquette Rebecca de Mornay, and corrected it by calling her Patricia Arquette. And just when I had figured that out I called John McGinley Ted C. McGinley I, I see, st- I don't even know if I got that right now. Let's just go with John C. Riley, and see what kind of emails and tweets I get about that. Some of you guys got some things you got to work out. I'm just saying. If you can connect me to a guest for I Was There Too, why not email me at I was there too pod at gmail.com. Now I need to have a little talk with you. Your mother and I are going to take some time apart. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take a little break for the end of the year because here's how this goes. And some of you that may listen to some of my other podcasts probably know that I take little breaks here and there. It's the way I work. Some people don't understand that podcasts aren't TV shows and that, you know, there are no rules. We can do them how we want. And for me, it's a question of quantity or quality. And for you, I'll always choose quality, even if that means a little less quantity. So we're probably going to rerun some classic I Was There 2 episodes, some that you might even find are gone behind the Howell paywall. And those will be coming back out with some new perspective and free for your wallets. So sometime in mid-November to uh, early next year, I'll be taking a break and uh, learning to live my life again, maybe getting my groove back. But we got a few more this year still to come, and they're very good and exciting in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter, at Matt gorley, Instagram, under the same name, and Letterboxd. There you can look at my special lists, one of which is I Was There Too, and you can see which films are coming up in these interviews. That's all for this week. Good night, if it is night, and if it is day, it will be night soon enough, and then we'll say, hey, good night. Solid. Hop, Pop. Pop 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 pop. Wolf Pop is part of Midrol Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley,
0: and Paul Scheer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.